0: You've probably heard it all before, but this time, let Dr. Lanker connect the dots in a way that makes the Christian faith come alive. I don't know if you've ever asked the question, how literal can we take the Bible? In today's episode, we're going to talk about that question as we talk through the book of Hebrews. The book of Hebrews has been debated for a really long time as to who exactly the author is. It's been proposed that it's either Paul or Aquila and Priscilla or Apollos. We're not exactly sure, and in the long run, it really doesn't make that much of a difference because this book, as well as this letter is all written by God. That's what we saw at the end of Paul's letters in 2 Timothy when he says all scripture is God-breathed and given by him directly. So if God gives his words to his creation, how much can we take that as written to us? What we as scholars talk about regularly is this, is that the original letters were written to that original audience with full clarity and full literalness. Now, that in original instruction was meant specifically for them, but what God does is he uses that original document to be able to, incent, in a sense, speak through them to us. So when we look at a passage of Scripture, we just can't look at it directly and say, hey, it talks about angels, So God's talking to us about angels. No, he was talking to the original audience about angels. We have to understand what angels meant to their culture. And then in understanding what what they meant to their culture, we'll be able to understand how he's speaking through their concern of angels to be able to speak to us today. And that's exactly where the author of Hebrews starts. He starts off by saying, hey, Jesus is better than the angels, and he is going to continue this uh, discussion all the way through the entire book, that Jesus is better than. And the first thing that he says is he says he's better than the angels. Now, for us, great, Jesus is better than the angels, but angels within the Jewish worldview were these incredible creatures that stood next to God and were able to get the ear of God. That that were personal messengers. And if Michael, the archangel, loved you, then you were blessed because he was on your side. So when we look back at their world and understand that 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 has some connection to some of us, for others of us, maybe not so much. We still in our day talk about guardian angels that watch over children. Or we talk about patron patron saints that we pray to, that stand next to. God himself and that get his attention, be able to kind of tell him what's on our mind. And that's exactly the point that the author of Hebrews is trying to get across is that Jesus has a more direct connection with God because he is God. That's where he starts his letter. He says that he is the exact radiance of his glory, the exact representation of Of his nature. This is something that the writer of Hebrews really wants to illustrate for his readers. Jesus is not just there if you need him, he is the center of life. And until we get that, until we believe that, then we're never going to be able to fully live into this Christian faith. So not only is Jesus better than the angels, he's also, as he moves to chapter 2, he's better than any temptation or trial that we could possibly ever have. Now, as we look at the trials and temptations that he talks about there, if we look at it within their cultural setting and then we look at it at ours, essentially, he's saying Jesus is better than any temptation or trial. That temptation and trial is essentially the same thing. And so this gives us another insight is that sometimes the parallels between that culture and our culture is exactly the same. And so we can go ahead and just go, hey, he was talking to them about how Jesus is better than any temptation or trial. And he's talking to us about how Jesus is better than any temptation and trial or trial. And what he says, he has been through everything. For since he himself was tempted in every way that we are tempted, he's able to come to the need or the aid of those who are tempted. He's going to go back to this thought at the end of chapter 4 when he says, therefore, let us draw near with confidence to the throne of grace so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. Jesus has always been able to help those who are in need, and he can help us better than angel. He can help us better than any pastor. He can help us better than any friend because he literally has been there and done that to the nth degree, as no other creation ever has. He has endured pain, suffering, sin, and death literally all the way to the end. If you want to make it through the hard stuff in life, Jesus is there to literally walk you through that process. He is a faithful guide, and you can count on him for that every single step of the way. Next in chapter 3 the author says that Jesus is better than Moses. So what for us? Well Moses was the founder of faith. He was the one who established kind of this relationship with Yahweh. He he's the one who went up to the mountain. God spoke directly with and just really just laid down the truth. We don't have a Moses. We don't have somebody within our Christian world that we look at and we go, hey, that's the one that founded the faith. That's Jesus for us. But in our own worlds, this is often what we do though. We, we put up substitutions, we put up pastors, we put up professors, we, we put up people who are really, really just smart and insightful. They've made it to the mountaintop. They've seen God himself. They've gotten his instruction and they're living out of that in such a faithful way. And so anything they say, that becomes the foundation for our life. And what the author of Hebrews wants to say to this original audience, and he's saying through this original audience to us, is Jesus is better than any pastor you've ever had. He, he, he speaks more truthfully. You need to go to the source. You need to listen to him. You need to hear his words. You need to follow his instruction. When we do, that's when we're going to find our real path in life and what God's calling us to. The next is in chapter 4 when uh, the writer says that Jesus is better than the Sabbath. For the Jews, the Sabbath was the most blessed thing. It was their day to be able to stop work, to be able to remember that God has everything in control, that he's going to watch over us, that he's going to protect us, that that he's going to provide everything that we need in this process of life. Well, if the Sabbath was something that they look forward to and, and they were always looking forward to the Sabbath, so are we. We have something very comparable. We are often working for the weekend. We're looking forward to that that time when we're able to get away and rejuvenate and really be able to kind of be reestablished. Well, the writer of Hebrews is going to say, hey, Jesus is better than the Sabbath. He is the one who truly gives us rest. He's the one who fills us up with all that we need so that we can make it through another week, so that we can be whatever it is that God's called us to in our lives. That, that He is our Sabbath rest. And as we rely and rest on him then we'll be able to find life the way that it's supposed to be. In chapter 5, all the way through chapter 7, the author puts a really important uh, puts a lot of importance on Jesus is better than the high priest. For us again, high priest, smite priest. It it means little if anything to us in our world. But the high priest within their religious structure at that point in their history was essentially the one who was in charge of their entire nation. Yeah, they had some foreign occupiers who forced their authority on them, but the people the person that they listened to was the high priest who guided the nation of Israel. This was in essence their president. And and so as the author speaks to them, he speaks through them to us and says, you know what, That there is no president that is ever going to put the world together perfectly, that, that is going to bring us all of God's blessings, that, that's going to heal every broken part of our society. If you put your hopes on somebody like that, you are going to be sorely let down over and over and over again. From chapter 8, And nine, he's going to say that Jesus is better than the covenant. The covenant was a special relationship that was forever with God and his people, that he would never walk away from them. He was always going to love them. We have the same thing in our world. We have the covenant of marriage. And we often look at our marriages as the thing that is going to be able to hold our lives together. And more often than not, sometimes They're the things that illustrate how broken and how torn apart our lives really are. In chapter 10, he's going to talk about Jesus is better than any animal sacrifice. He's better than any restitution. He's the one who puts things back, who fixes the problems. We we can say sorry all we want to. We We can do all the things to fix a situation, but only Jesus. Only Jesus, through his sacrificial death on this cross, can really make things right. And we've got to trust him in that process. In chapter 11, he's going to go to all these heroes of the faith. He's going to say, man, these guys were awesome. They really lived into this life of God. Let's go ahead and follow their example. And he's going to continue and say, let's not just follow his example. Let's follow the greatest hero's example ever. And that's where he ends the letter to the Hebrews in chapter 12, when he says, let's fix our eyes on Jesus. Let's, in any situation, when, when we feel overwhelmed, when, when we're just going through trials we can't even imagine, when, when we feel like we've lost the foundation of our life, when there's no rest there when we feel like nobody's putting the world together the way that it needs to be put together, when when our marriages can't even be counted and relied upon, when, when we can't fix the problems in our lives, let's find him. He is always present. Let's fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of faith. He's the one who trusted his father and said, hey, not my will, but yours be done. Whatever you ask, I will give you everything that I am. And if he could follow the father's will that fully and could see all the things come to pass that the father had had promised, then we can follow him and just continue to follow down that path, walking behind him. He promises, the author says in chapter 12, he promises to guide us, he promises to discipline us, and he promises to show us how to live fully as citizens of God's eternal kingdom. If we want to live as part of his eternal kingdom, we need to use God's words as not just instructions for people in the past or not just literal interpretations that don't take into account who was written to first and just smack it from two centuries back into the moment. We need to go ahead and we need to do the hard work to understand what does this letter mean to the original people who got it? And as we understand that, how does it show parallels to our own world? How how does it help us understand that Jesus truly is better than anything we could ever rest or rely on. I hope as you read through the book of Hebrews that this brief overview gives you a deeper sense of how much God loves us and how deeply he wants to speak into our everyday lives.